Hi everybody and welcome to HubCP's Live Lounge podcast. So this is a big part of HubCP and HubCP in a nutshell is all about inspiring entrepreneurs and the way we do that is by celebrating the rebels, the rebels of the world who dare to dream big, people who have ambition and desire to take that massive leap of faith to set up incredible businesses and achieve unbelievable things. So the Live Lounge podcast brings those people together and what we like to do is talk to those very interesting people and see exactly what makes them tick. So today we're joined by Jay Richards and Kat Agostino, who are from Imagine, which is a company that works with brands to really help them get to the the nitty gritty of understanding Gen Z. Now, Gen Z, for anybody who's in doubt, is anybody that's born between 1995 and 2009. And right now they equate to over 24% of the world's population. So they are a huge consumer brand. And I'd imagine many of you right now will have a lot of these people in your workforce. And in the years to come, they will form a significant part of the workforce. So we hope you enjoy the podcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they get the millennials. We're now talking Gen Z. And the thing that's really important and interesting about Gen Z is they have not only a different way of thinking, which we're going to explore today, but a totally different language. So today we're going to discover some proper dank insights on what makes them tick from two Gucci entrepreneurs where we'll be discussing how whether uh, you're trying to sell to them or trying to recruit them, you can create some lit experiences to attract them. No cat peeps, this is going to be hard. So without any further delay, I'd love to invite Jay Richards and Kat Agostini to join me in the live lounge to discuss some awesome insights um, about exactly what Gen Z do, um, especially around branding, marketing and products. Now, guys, before we start, a big, massive hello. Now, I've got a little secret to tell you, so come, come closer, okay? You guys are my favourite entrepreneurs, okay? You are, without a doubt, my favourite entrepreneurs. I absolutely love you guys, okay? Don't tell anybody else I said that. You're my favourite entrepreneur, so I'm particularly excited about today. Um, so, no, no, I don't. That is, that is, <laughs> I really don't. You are, you're my favourite entrepreneurs. Now, everybody is going to be wondering uh, about... What are we talking about with Gen Z? And we're going to get that into a little while. But first of all, just tell us about your company, Imagine, and what you guys do and why it's important. Well, firstly, thank you for having us. Um, We're really, really thankful to be here. But yeah, so at Imagine, um, our mission is to help Gen Z to shape their future. And we know the best way for them to do that is with brands, because brands shape countries and culture um, like governments never really could. So um, the way we enable Gen Z to shape their future is we enable agencies and brands to crowdsource feedback, ideas, and insights from our community of Gen Z consultants. Um, So yeah, so we enable brands to build their branding, their marketing, or their products with Gen Z in the room. And Kat, Gen, 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 I mean, I I feel straight away that I'm not particularly cool here because I'm saying Gen Z, so uh, maybe I need to get more with it, but... Gen Z are really important, right? They are a big deal. They are a big group of people. They are very important to companies that want to recruit them and companies that want to sell their products to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I also say Gen Z, by the way. Jay, Jay says Gen Z. It's fine. Gen Z, Gen Z, however you want to do that. Um, yeah, they are incredibly, incredibly important to, to, um, to organisations. And I think there's certain things that when you're trying to recruit this generation, um, you really need to be open to the way that they are and the way that they work. And they are incredibly opinionated. They have grown up in a completely different way. 
um, and they are incredibly valuable to a business and it's really important that people understand that um, and the people make the time to really understand that generation and why they would be so valuable to their business. Yeah. Do you think it's now? Right, yeah, you go, you go. <laughs> no, I was with it. It was a great point. So I was agreeing with it. But yeah, the, at the moment, they're, so they're 32% of the world's population. Um, and by 2030, their spending power is going to be 4.4 trillion. So um, they're already your current customers. And if they're not, they're going to be your future customers. So it's a really good time to, to start engaging with this, with this audience, with this community, and figuring out what they want. And also, actually, just to add to that, Diversity and inclusion is, is something that they are incredibly passionate about. It's not a, an afterthought. It's not something, you know, they've grown up thinking um, about diversity and in a, a diverse community. And so for those, um, for them, that is something that should just come from the world of work. And they expect that from their employers as well. Now, Jen said, can you give us a bit of an understanding about their psyche, their DNA, how the, these guys think? think how they see the world how they see us as people how they see organizations how they interact with each other you know i don't want to, i don't want to make them sound like some other some other species blimey o'reilly but you know we've only just got around millennials okay and now these gen zers they bring their own set of ways of doing stuff and it's fascinating because all of a sudden you've got all these generations going to be working together tell us about gen z yeah so as i mentioned earlier they're 32 percent of the world's population so they're an absolutely huge demographic and i think it's a lot of the time brands think they're maybe like five or six years old but they're actually the youngest of seven or eight and the oldest of 25. so it's a nice big um, age range that you've got there and one of the interesting things about um gen z is that they are all about co-creation so they love the idea of making cool things with cool people so when they're coming into workplaces or brands are looking to, to target this audience, they need to remember that, that they want to be involved in the conversation. They don't want to be marketed to, they want to build with you. So I think it's one of those things where you're, when you're thinking about this, um, this generation, when you look at millennials, millennials wanted to be the CEO. We wanted to be the one that's, oh, do a podcast about me, talk about my journey. But with, with Gen Z, they just want to make cool things with cool people. They don't mind if they're the face of it or not, they just want to make cool things. Yeah, and they're also, they're, they're so independent and they're self-confident. They are money savvy. Um, you know, that comes completely naturally to them. Um, they also don't think nine to five. They love that flexible working, that kind of portfolio career. And with millennials, where you know, we're millennials and we strive for that work-life balance. And it's kind of this thing that you're always trying to get. But actually, Gen Z expect that. Um, and that's something, you know, if you're thinking about employment, they, they absolutely demand that they have that work-life balance. It's not, you know, something that then they think that they should fight for. Yeah, great. Love it. Can I just check something with you? Because I'm just outside of millennials. Um, but I consider <laughs> myself a millennial at heart. And maybe a Gen Zer, I don't know, when I was saying some of the words they use, you know, I can relate to that. I use those words all the time. But... When I, was, when I was going through my career, it was very much about you've got to, on your CV, have something that shows you've got stickability. You, you stay there for the long run. You're there for the long haul, okay? You're loyal. Is that a different way of thinking with Gen Zers? Because you're talking very much about they, it's all about what organisations can do for them as well. It's not just a, a one-way contract that, like maybe it was when I was going through the system. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think it comes back to things that they really believe in and, you know, ethical consumption, sustainability. Those are causes that are so important to them. And so what they're looking for in an employer um, is somebody that can, you know, show them that they are 
um, making strides in those fields. So whether that's your office environment or whether that's donating to specific causes, um, you know, if you work in fashion um, and that's you decide that's the route that you want to go, then sustainability is going to be incredibly important. So they are looking for different things. Yeah, I think it's um, the interesting thing about Gen Z is, is that when they're when they're coming into a workplace, so with millennials we were looking for very much like as i was saying earlier it's like we're very much we want to be ceo we want to run thing. we want to be the founder of something but with gen z because they just want to create cool stuff with cool people they are happy to go into an organization and be in it for the long run for them it's it's kind of almost like a throwback to gen x when they they're almost looking for that stability that that job for life type thing and um, right. but they are very selective about the organizations that they are going to be working for so at the same time they will have that full-time job they'll have other things going around it like um side hustles and things like that but i think it's very crucial for companies to realize that as you're recruiting this generation or as you're advertising to this generation that they are really going to do a deep dive on your organization itself um because they've got the internet they don't need to take what you say at face value anymore because they can research it and find out that you're you're talking talking to your backside <laughs> So never before has your message, your purpose, being able to communicate why you do what you do, everything that you stand for, I guess what, what you're saying is never before has that been so important because they're going to do their research. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, they're digital natives, so, you know, it's it's not, it just comes completely naturally to them. Yeah, well, I'm going to, not just yet, I've got a couple more questions, but I'm going to put it to the floor in a moment because we've got, already I can see we've got some questions that people want to put to you guys. Um, but Jay, just something we were talking about, um, probably, I don't know, it's maybe last month, I don't know, but you said something really interesting, which was my generation, but a lot of generations have been through a number of curveballs. So we had the financial crisis. Um, now, COVID-19, you know, for a lot of these guys, that was the first time that they've been through something as hideous as, as, as a, a sort of experience like that. How are they feeling generally about the virus and what is how's that kind of formulating their attitudes to, to certain things yeah that's a really good question i think the the interesting thing is is that 30 percent of gen z were either furloughed or made redundant due to covid um because they were the they were the last into most companies so obviously they're going to be the first ones out when those companies are making cuts so i think it is for them they're not just facing a pandemic they're facing also a financial crisis and they're facing their parents losing their jobs and all these different things that are happening all at one time that for millennials and older generations they would have happened at different intersections right now it's happening to them all in one moment and i think an interesting thing you see we're seeing with our gen z community at the moment is that they're very much talking to each other so they're very much so with our consultants, they were saying to us, we want a back end where we can really communicate with each other and just have conversation. Because for them, they know it's super important right now from a mental health perspective to be talking to each other. And even with yeah. regards to like sports, a lot of our consultants were saying, I'm playing a lot of computer games at the moment, but not because it's for me. I actually know that if I talk to my friend while playing FIFA, they're more likely to have an open conversation with me than they would do if I tried to meet them for coffee. So a lot of them are using the technology that's around them to actually engage each other as a global community yeah. to actually enable them to, to ride through this crisis and, and come out better and stronger. Got it. Now I'm going to ask one more question. Okay, so, so Steve, I promise you I'm going, to, I'm going to put this open, but just something we've not touched upon, brutally honest insights, yeah? Brutally honest insights. So just in terms of the, in terms of the mechanics and process of how your, your company works, a company will come to you and you will source the attitudes of your, your, your crowdsource from, from all your Gen Zers, right? Three words, brutally honest insights. So these guys do not hold back. No. Is that is exactly 
exactly what is meant by those three. <laughs> oh no 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 <laughs> no they will say exactly what they think um, and and that's what that's the beauty of it I mean that's that's why we do what we do um, and if brands take note of that and they are willing to hear those opinions it will completely help those brands and those agencies to shape how to communicate with that audience yeah yeah I, I, I couldn't agree more I think it's the interesting thing about Gen Z and one of the things that I love is for them it's kind of they just want to make brands better yeah they're not doing it from a place like oh we know everything we're so amazing it's like we just want to make you better because if you're better then it's better for us and it's better for the planet yeah. because the way they see humanity is one big global community so they don't see it as like a, oh you're a democrat you're a republican they see us we're one big community we're in this together so let's actually enable brands to be better so then for us it ends up being a better thing so the brutal honest insights that our consultants provide to brands to agencies really are at the at the core of what they build so we're, a lot of the time we're at the earlier stage of the process so we're normally in the ideation and the creation um, and we're enabling brands to make sure that they build properly so with the scaffolding we make sure that they build that properly so that when they then move forward they don't make any they don't make any mistakes and they, and they mitigate a lot of the risks yeah. And we're, we're really lucky because we've got, you know, amazing clients that we're working with, like the NFL, like Stella McCartney, um, like MSL wow. Group, that I know it's amazing. And you know, they, they understand the importance of engaging with that audience. And no, they might not know the best way to communicate with them, but they know that they need to. Um, and that's what we're doing. We're helping them to be able to communicate better with that audience and therefore to craft their marketing campaign or their product or their branding that will then suit that audience. You know, you guys are too humble to say this, so I'm just going to put it out there. But, you know, you're a Forbes 30 under 30 business. You were last week in the prestigious tech round, top 100 startups. You yeah. guys are doing awesome stuff. A huge congratulations, because that, that that really is testimony to the, to the great things you're doing. I mean, look at the clients you've got. So everybody who's listening to this, you couldn't be talking to two better people who know their stuff. Now, I love technology here because I'm getting all these questions that are screaming out at me. So this is where I'm going to hold, hold where I'm going to hang over to Steve who's going to start um, giving us some questions from the audience. Steve, what do we have? Um, hey guys, we have, we've got a ton of questions in, which is brilliant. So uh, we've got a question in straight in from Steve. If you create a campaign for this powerful group, will you alienate millennials, uh, Gen X, baby boomers, etc.? Would campaigns need to be mutually exclusive to work with the Gen Z audience? Steve, that's a really, really good question. Um, no, the answer is no, because I think the 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 interesting thing about marketing is, and, and you'll know this as, as, as much as we do, that, that it, it applies to so many different generations. It's, it's not always siloed. I think it's very much something, that if you're going to be building something well, then it will apply to so many different generations. And I think the great thing about Gen Z and the great thing about our community is, is that their, their foresight and their insights are very much um, enabling brands to actually build across these across these generational um, generational lines. And I think um, it's super exciting to be able to work with Gen Z because the way I mentioned earlier, the way they look at the world is a global community. So they don't really see age the same way we do. So for them, it would be very much looking at Gen X and saying, well, why wouldn't they like a great marketing campaign designed by us if we're designing it with them in mind? And I think one of the interesting things that um, marketing agencies and and brands need to start thinking about is the both ends of the spectrum because sometimes everybody so much focuses on Gen Z that they forget much older. So like um, folks that are in retirement, sometimes brands will forget that they're still a massive part of, of, of the world and, and the workforce. And I think the great thing about Gen Z is that they see those generational lines very, very blurred. And for them, it's very much about 
being involved across the across the entire process. And I think it also comes back to you, you know your marketing strategy and and how you're if you're thinking about digital as as a platform and how you're going to use let's say each social media platform, then you would adapt your tone of voice depending on your audience. And so if you're talking to um, millennials um, or actually wrong demographic, if you're talking to your grandparents, then you might use Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. We're millennials, we don't really use Facebook, but we do use Instagram. And actually then you've got Snapchat and it's adapting that communication. So you can still have one marketing strategy with one product, but you're just going to tailor your communication to, to where those people are. Steve, if I can just ask a question on the back of that, in terms of talking about communication, and sometimes companies get it wrong, are these guys forgiving? So if you have put something out there and it, it's not worked, you know, brutally honest insight, they tell you exactly how it is, are they forgiving? Will they, will they let you have a second chance? Or if you get it wrong, you've blown it? Yeah, um, John, that's such a, it is a good question. Um, and the thing, with, the thing with this generation is they no, they don't give you that many chances. They're not going to cut you off completely, but you need to earn that trust. And so if you were to communicate in a certain way and it didn't really resonate, then as a brand, you were to recognize that, then you would have another chance. But if you go straight in with a, I'm going to market to you in a way that I believe is the right way, um, and I don't really, I'm not really going to ask you what you think, then that's when they'll say, see you later, I'm going to go to the next person. So it's all about, like, you know, we can't stress that enough. If you consult with your audience and the, with that target audience that you have in mind, be that Gen Z, then they will be on board with you and they will stay with you and they will be loyal and they will trust you. Yeah, and something you said earlier was, and as long as you're prepared to um, embrace the fear, I, yeah. uh, what are they going to say about us? Just, just embrace it, roll with it, people, because it's going to help you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, that uh, sorry, just to jump onto that, a, a great time to embrace the fear is when you're initially building. I think sometimes brands will roll something out and they go, ah, crap, it, it's gone wrong. Let's try and like bring it back in. And I think the best time to build it is in the ideation, in, in the creation phase, when it's still a rough idea and you can take that to Gen Z and, and see what they think about it before it goes out into the world. Sure. My computer is screaming at me, John, let other people talk. Sorry, guys. Steve, next question. <laughs> This question is from Alison. Uh, from a market research perspective, you say you crowdsource feedback, ideas, and insight. How do you gather Gen, uh, Gen Z feedback, and what do you um, what do you differently or do differently uh, to more traditional online market research panels to source insights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was it was it Alison or Alison? Alison. Alison, great. I was thinking Alison, that's a phenomenal first name. Um, yeah, great question, Alison. Um, I think the main reason why we're different, I would say, to, to, to other panels and the way we do research is simply for the fact the way we built our community. Because so I think for a lot of, um, a lot of uh, legacy um, research companies, it's very much, okay, you, a brand will come to them and say, we're looking for 15 Gen Z around this age group, and then that agency will normally go out and find them and then try and bring them in. Um, or it will be, um, they've got a, a panel of 150,000 young people across the country, um, and they will then just go to that wider panel and, and, and try and get inside. What we've done is we've built a community of really committed and creative people. So when brands and agencies come to us, you're going to folks that are experts within their space, because for them, it's very much, they're working with us, and they have to actually pitch to brands to then actually work with that brand. So say, for example, I'll give you an example. When um, the NFL came to us 
and they said, we've got three marketing campaigns we want to aim at Gen Z. And what we did, we sent out the three marketing campaigns to our consultants and we said, tell us why you love this, cam um, which campaign, sorry, that you love, how they can um, improve that campaign and which one they should, they, they should go with. And that's what our Gen Z are able to do. They're able to provide creative insight for that brand, for those agencies, to provide them with the data to take that forward. So it's not simply just our oh, 60% think this is a great idea. It's actual creative insight to take that forward. So that's why I would say we are different to, to legacy um, market research companies. And then also just to add to that on, um, you know, we've got our insight piece, which is a huge percentage of our business, but actually we then run the workshop. So um, we've got a workshop tomorrow um, and we've got one, we had one couple of weeks ago with the NFL again. And, you know, we've got six consultants that have been part of our, that are part of our community, spending a whole day with NFL to help them to craft their youth marketing strategy. So it's, you know, yes, you get the insights, but actually then we're going a step further to actually, you know, co-create whether that's a strategy or a product design or, or branding, um, and you're doing that with them in the room. Yeah. Can I just ask a question on the uh, NFL point? Because I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, getting household names is, is the ultimate thing, really, amongst many other things. But, you know, getting great, great clients. Getting someone like, like them, you know, I know, you know, you've, you've had some incredible um, achievements. You've been on some incredible lists, but you're a startup. How do you get massive brands like that? Give me some insight. How do you get London? Yeah, I mean, that was a very long conversation. I mean, it's been happening since the start of the business. Um, we yeah. do a lot of PR. Um, you know, we, we have to put ourselves out there. I mean, you know, Jay says he's hustling all the time and, and that is kind of, that, that's right. Um, you know, and that is, that's a big part of our job and speaking to you today, you know, doing podcasts, being out there, out there virtually, um, you know, as, mu as much as we can to raise awareness of the business and to talk about what we're doing. And we're so passionate about what we do and we're providing the ultimate aim of our business is to provide opportunity for young people and enable them to help their, their future. So it's, yes, it's obviously about brands and we need the brands to be able to keep the business going, but we have to remember that that's mm -hmm. our, our core mission and people like to hear our story and you know they're interested in that and they also want to help young people to shape their future as well so um yeah the more that we can get out there the more that we're talking to people that's that's really how our conversations are coming around yeah that was literally how the nfl sorry john that's how that's how the nfl came about it was us speaking at a speaking engagement i think it was facebook and then they came up to us afterwards like hey we want to work with you and then as kat said it was a very long process to get us get it all finalized into the line but yeah they're one of our cornerstone clients which is amazing um so hashtag get hustling everyone yeah yeah <laughs> um so if i think about the workforce okay and i think about how people look these days and how people dress and and you can see things have changed so quickly things are happening so quickly and especially if you think of more traditional some certain professional service organizations you know do you think that it's important that organizations start to let people you know we've mentioned authenticity and authenticity and being real you know i have a tattoo so i um it was actually my initials of my wife and we'd only been together for six well okay that's I'm a not tattoo my story here is I've been with her six weeks. I said, I think you're awesome. So she said, prove it. I said, right, I'm going to get a tattoo. She went, all right, then do it. Now, first oh. of all, when I was done, I was, wearing, I was wearing a watch. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, it looks weird. But I was wearing a watch. But now I'm starting to think, I don't need to wear a watch because, you know, it's about being real. It's about being who you are. 
What are your thoughts in terms of how organizations now need to change maybe some of their policies because of the way people want to be who they are and be real? Yeah, you, you have to. You have to embrace it. I mean, you know, we we dress, you know, Jay wears a hat every day. I wear trainers every day. No matter where I'm going, that, that's that's what I wear. And if someone's going to say you can't come into something, you know, like I'm walking into a restaurant or a bar because you're wearing a certain outfit, I'm sorry, that, that's not for me. You yeah. know, you, you should be taking me for who you are. And gendered are even more like that. Um, you know, they, right. they be known for, for their brain, for their creativity, for their thoughts, for, for who they are. Um, and you have to be able to express your individuality and, and that's what they need to, to be able to do. Yeah, and I think I think the world is shifting. So mm. I remember, so my mum, she's Jamaican, and she would go to work and they would say to her, your hair isn't appropriate for work because she'd have braids in. And she'd yeah. be like, why is this not appropriate? They're like, oh, it's not work. I'm not going to have straight hair like Susan because Susan's white. So my hair's not going to be like that. Um, and I think yeah. it's, as the world is changing, these things are becoming the norm. You're going to have to get used to people dressing how they dress and having their hair how they have their hair. And I think it's um, organizations that embrace that sooner will do better. And the ones that don't, to be transparent, they'll just, they won't exist in 10 to 15 years because people won't buy from them and people won't work from them. So it is what it is. And I think that is gold just insight from this because it still amazes me sometimes how certain organizations you feel like you're going back into the well into the 80s because you know you're still seeing a lot of suit and maybe that's cool I don't know but you've got to we've got we've got to realize that these people want to wear exactly you know these awesome people want to wear what they want to wear. Thanks so much to Jay and Kat for a really really enjoyable experience there I don't think I've ever done a dance before on a podcast, but hey, it's the first time for everything. And yeah, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a, a lot cooler actually from learning so much about the awesome generation that is Gen Z. So thanks guys. So please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It'd be great to get your thoughts, any feedback at all, because our aim is to create brilliant content for the podcast that we create. So thanks so much again, and look forward to seeing you guys again on our next podcast. Okay, computer, the, comp the questions are screaming at me again. Steve, back to you, sir. <laughs> we have a question from Kay. Um, Gen Z do research on us as employers, which is great, but how do we get the best out of our recruitment process to engage with that generation? Um, it's also, yeah, also consulting with them. Um, so it kind of comes back to the same point is, you know, asking that younger generation what they want to see from their employer. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be the same as, as what millennials want. And um, it kind of comes back to that point on, you know, if ethical consumption or sustainability, you know, or even if it's recycling is important. Um, a lot of um, younger people now want to see health benefits. So, you know, whether that's a gym membership or whether that's time to, um, you know, have to yourself, uh, uh, you know, an hour each week or whatever it is, it's, it's those, the benefits have changed. So it's about doing your research to find out how and what will make those people happy and want to join your company. I hope that answers. And I think that was Kay, wasn't it? Kay? It was Kay and you were right, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Steve! question please okay so this question is for jay uh, and it's from ben i think we share a love of video games what do you think about their business potential um, as gen z and gen alpha have uh, more and more influence mate video games firstly great answer great question what was it ben, steve ben, ben. 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 
Yes, Ben. <laughs> Great question, Ben. Um, we like to know your names. That's why I'm always like, what's your name? Um, but yeah, Ben, good question. I think um, computer games are the future. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Earlier, I alluded to the fact that Gen Z play a lot of computer games from a mental health perspective, and so do I. During the lockdown, I play a lot of computer games with my brother-in-law and my friends, just so I can have a conversation with them at the end of the day. Because I knew, if I was like, hey, let's talk on the phone for an hour, 90% of my friends are going to be like, no, that's a dumb idea. But if I said, do you want to just jump on Call of Duty or FIFA for an hour? They'll be like, yeah, keen. And we both got headset on, and I can just ask them, how's your day? How's life? And it's, it's conversation. And I think the as advertising is getting better within computer games, brands are going to be drawn to computer games more. And um, the funny thing about advertising in computer games is it's got to almost blend into the background. So FIFA does a great job of this for having the, the teams around the um, around the pitch and different things that they do. Um, audio ads as well. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, audio yeah, yeah. Ad, there's such a rise in audio ads in game now, and I yeah. think that's going to become absolutely huge. 100%. And I think, it's, I think the future is gaming, and I, I think it's such a... And um, it's a massive market. So I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure it's it's bigger than Hollywood. It's bigger than it's bigger than all these industries put together. And I think the interesting thing about gaming is it's it's relatively untapped. And I think Gen Z will be gaming more. And um, they love the community aspect of it. I remember asking one of our consultants, "Who's your best friend?" And he said this kid from Saudi Arabia. Arabia. And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "I've been playing Call of Duty with him since for like the last like five or six years. So he's one of my best friends." And I was like, "It blew my mind." But to him, especially to Gen Z. They see the community as a global community. They don't see it as, oh, my neighbor is my next, is my friend next door. My neighbor is somebody in, in another country that I play computer games with every day. Yeah. But also, gaming, gaming isn't just your traditional yeah. gaming. Yeah. So, you know, playing a game, we've, we've done a report actually on, on this um, in conjunction with NFL, and there were some really interesting stats. Now, I won't go into them now, but, but playing games. Um, actually, there's a huge percentage of females that are playing games and, and a huge percentage of older um, people that are playing games, but they're just not known as a typical gamer. You know, you've just put my mind there because I just had a little boy, as we were talking about before, and I was talking to my wife the other day about, you know, when he gets older, what are some of the things that we'll let him do and not do? And I was, and I was like, oh, I'd order him to be a gamer because I was <laughs> thinking, I was thinking you know, because, because my thinking behind that is because I want him to socialise and, 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 and that would potentially stop that but what you're saying is no that's how not only how they communicate but they can reach so people around the world so they're a truly global community that's blowing my mind wow okay i'm gonna change it. i'm gonna change my mind on that i like it um steve next question please and then i've got a couple i'd love to go to go for too no problem now this question is from uh, bethany and it's a great question i'm hoping i'm not going to mess it up from an employer's perspective, how do we support the side hustles and freelancing that Gen Z want to or are doing outside of their employment without it imp wow. impacting their traditional job, i.e. us as the main employer? Brilliant um, question. I mean, that is a, that's an amazing question, Bethany. Um, and it, I think it comes back to what I was saying before about that recruitment process and, and allowing people that time. So, um, you know, if you if you are to, to give people back time, um, so that doesn't have to be one hour a week or one day a week, you, you come to that agreement. But if that person can get their work done and meet their deadlines, and this is what this generation is all about, I can do my work, but I don't have to be in the office, or I don't have to work nine to five, or I don't have to work on a Friday, then they should still be able to do those side hustles and to have those opportunities. And it might be that they just want an hour to, to go to the gym, but 
you need to be able to encourage that around their deadlines. So, you know, what we would what we would always advise is if as long as you can do your work, then why can't yeah, you yeah. work from 10 till 6 or yeah. from, you know, 11 till 7 or, or whatever way you want to do it. So I think it's just about trying to understand and have that two way communication with them to say what your expectations are. Um, but also to allow them what they need to be able to, to do those side hustles. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the concept of set work hours for every single person within the organization being identical is rather archaic. I think the idea that Kat and I, because Kat's been in the marketing industry longer than I have, so she can do something probably way quicker than I can, simply for the fact that she's got more expertise. So when I'm when I'm looking at Kat and I, the a length of time it will take her to do a task and do, me to do a task may be different, but then that will be different for different tasks. Mm -hmm. So I think very much you need to look at every employee on an individual basis. It's very much, well, from your skills and expertise, you probably only need to work 10 to 4 compared to somebody else, so on and so on. And then that will then allow them to hustle outside of that. And one of the great things is, is that statistically it's proven that if you allow people the... Um, the flexibility and the freedom to work in a way that's suitable for them, they will graft so much harder for you than you will do if you have set no, you have to work nine to five thirty, you need to be in the office and so on and so on. Um, and I think that's the way the world yeah, is moving. That's such a good point. The um you know, with when we're thinking about platforms to engage with, because because you know you're talking about how you give the guys flexibility, right? And as as, as we're hearing, they want very different, well, they want different things to, to, to maybe the generations that have been before them. But let's just talk about now how you communicate, going back to communication and your message. Um, companies obviously getting better and some are very savvy on LinkedIn. You know, we have Instagram, we have, uh, let me check my notes, I'm only joking, we have Facebook. You know, we have all these new social uh, platforms. Do you think organizations are embracing them well enough and quickly enough to take advantage of the fact that these guys are all over these platforms do you think do you see organizations doing a good enough job of, of really using this do they need to, do they not need to worry about instagram and facebook and just focus on linkedin what are your thoughts i mean it's, it's, it's a really interesting question because i don't think there's a, a one mold that fits all um i think every business is different and and different channels different social platforms are going to work for different businesses and um, and you know there's a right there might be a right time to communicate via instagram and a right time to communicate via linkedin and linkedin will remain that professional marketplace you know that professional platform and instagram you know will be to show your perfect life as, as jay likes to to say, um, but there, there are different times for different communication channels, um, and I think it's yeah, it's it's. I don't think there's one one size fits all. I think people are there are more and more businesses waking up to how to use social media, um, and there's definitely been an upsurge, you know, of, of people using channels. Mm -hmm. But I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a simple solution as to yeah, this this is exactly how you should do it for each person yeah. and for each business. Yeah, I think. I think the, I love that point, and I think the interesting thing is, is that, so TikTok, it came out of nowhere, and yeah. it's now been banned in India, and potentially Donald Trump's gonna ban it in the States. But I think the thing that makes TikTok so interesting, and, and a lot of time brands are nervous to jump onto something um, in its early, in, in its infant stage, and I think TikTok is a great place to test, to test things out, to see what works, because, and Gen Z are there. There's a lot of eyeballs there from a Gen Z perspective. And even older, you see a lot of um, influencers on TikTok that are grandparents, yeah. that are parents. Yeah, and you've got entire families 
creating TikTok accounts and going viral. And on TikTok, it's so easy to go viral that I think it's a place where brands can really go, okay, you know, we're going to test out a few different bits and see what works. And I think I love what Kat was saying is that kind of you can you can bolt in all the different platforms into your strategy, but just make sure you realize that what you post on LinkedIn, that you don't also post that exact same thing on TikTok. It needs to be different type of content. And I think the the beautiful thing about social media is, is that there's so many eyeballs there. There's so many people there all the time. And I just think yeah. that as a brand, as a company, it's a great time to go, okay, let's test things. Let's see what works. Let's look at the data, look at the insights, and just make sure that we're, we're doing our best to, to not cover all bases, but to make sure that we're, we're trying our best to, to, to market on each, on each platform. Now TikTok is a, a, a brand new a brand new thing to me. I was nearly about to call it TikTok. TikTok. Remember the minutes TikTok? But TikTok is is like it's totally new. Now I'm thinking that if I'm going to get on TikTok, I've got to do uh, you know a bit of a dance or something, maybe something a little bit cooler than that. But is that is that is that what it's about? TikTok's about doing a dance. I mean I don't get it. Tell us what is TikTok? I lost while cats laughing. Um, it's creativity. TikTok is about. <laughs> Oh God, you need help, man. Um, TikTok is about creativity and co-creation. So it's a beautiful place to. So, say for example, you'll see a you'll see a pianist playing a beautiful um, piece of classical music. Then you'll see a violinist jump on that and get that. They'll bolt that into their TikTok. They will then play violin, and then you'll see a singer also bolt both of those pieces of content onto theirs and sing over it all. So it's a great place for people to come together and just merge amazing content together that they've never met. And I think the thing about TikTok is it's a great opportunity to really provide raw content, behind the scenes content of your company, behind the scenes, not polished, just super raw content of, if you're a handbag company, this is what it's like to create a handbag end to end with X brand. Whereas on Instagram, you would yeah. it would need to be much more polished, yes. and it would be this is the perfect process to doing that. Whereas exactly like you said, yeah. TikTok yeah. is yeah, you can have more freedom. It's exactly that, and I just think it's 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 an amazing place to just be creative. And I think, as I said before, just risk, just take risks. Because so many companies are scared to take risks, and I think folks like ourselves are here to help you mitigate those risks and just make them a little less um less risky to the business. But I think it's right now is a great opportunity just to try new things and yeah. just do different things. We're, we're pretty much having a reset right now, so give it a go. I have a feeling, based on what you've just said, that there's going to be a lot of people uh, here at Cooper Parry now that are going to be thinking about how we how we hit TikTok hard, especially because you're saying you can do stuff that's not polished, it's behind the scenes, yeah. it's showing how real you are, authentic you are, having fun, just being you, you know? Yeah. Um, so guys, watch this space. I think uh, TikTok's going to be hit harder than ever on the basis oh, of what you guys oh. are saying. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm excited. I want to be a part of it. So um, uh, anyway, right, let's go back to <laughs> let's go back to the next questions. I don't know where that came from. I don't even dance like that. Sure. <laughs> right, next question. Okay, so this is from Damien. Um, so web-based retail uh, delivery to the door creates an increased carbon footprint and waste. Do you think Gen Z will potentially draw back the uses of such retail channels that increases carbon footprint? Yeah, absolutely. And and they're already doing that. Um, and that's why, you know, they are more drawn to companies that will use sustainable packaging, um, that have changed their ways for, you know, of delivery or uh, returns. And we actually did um 
we did a report with Stella McCartney and it was really interesting because of course Gen Z are all over social and they are browsing uh, when it comes to shopping they're browsing online but actually there's still a really significant proportion of them that are going in store to buy um, and part of the reason for that is to try and to, to mitigate that delivery and, and return um, process because of sustainability reasons. So I think yes they are already doing that to answer your question and it will only become more so. So brands really need to, to think about how they're going to get those products into their hands um, with, with all of this, yeah, with all of this change. Yeah. And I think the future that, that I see, and Kat and I have spoken about this before, mm. so there's something called BOPIS, which yeah. is buy online, pick up in store. And I think the future is going to be where you're going to have stores that are very, very small. Yeah. You'll literally just have almost like a shop front, like a sweet shop type thing, where you just come up and collect your products. There will be no real browsing within store because folks will be like, well, I bought it online and I want to pop down in, in an hour and pick it up because I don't want to wait for it to be delivered in two working days or next day delivery. I want to get it today. So I'm going to pop by, especially in, in London and the major cities, I want to pop by and, and, and grab it now from that place or from an Amazon pickup spot, which is, yeah, really interesting. And I guess that's been driven by the fact, they call it, don't they, the, the Amazon generation, they expect everything now, everything yeah. as quickly as possible. And that's that's going to be a challenge for the logistics of many organisations too. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation, isn't it, in terms of how people there have to gear up towards that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Steve, another question, please, sir. No problem. I really like this question because he starts it off with a quick question, and it is not. So uh, <laughs> this is from Danny. If Gen Z are 30% of the world population, that means there are around two and a half billion of them. How do the methods of collecting their insights give assurance that all two and a half billion have the same attitudes and ways of viewing the world, particularly when they, uh, when they cross cultures and continents? Phenomenal question, wow. mate. That was, that was probably the best question I've had in a long time. It was Damien, right? That was from Danny. Oh, okay, just just butchered the name. My bad. <laughs> a phenomenal question, though. I think the the best way the best way we've done that within our community is by enabling making sure our community is super diverse. So, 65% of our community are female. 35% of our community are black. 25% of our community are Asian. And 10% of our community are from the LGBTQ plus community. For us, we know that diversity is strength. We know that if you have a, a diverse group of people within your community, you will have diversity of thought. So the way we make sure that we get a, a lovely, broad understanding of the world from a Gen Z perspective is by ensuring we have loads of diverse people in, in our community. So many of our community are international students that study here in the UK, and so many actually had somebody sign up literally yesterday from Hungary. And yeah. um, we're getting people signing up all the time from all parts of the world to be part of our community. And we literally got reached out by a brand um, from Sao Paulo literally last night. And I think it's very- wow. I know, it's cool, yeah, Which is really, really cool. <laughs> I was like, how the hell did you find us? But, um, but I love it because the world is a truly global place. And I, that question is perfect because the way you're looking at the world is very much how they look at the world. It's, well, there's no barriers. So. The same, something that applies here doesn't really apply in, that, in, in, those, in those other countries. And the way we make sure that, that we always hit the nail on the head with this, and we do make mistakes, but the way we make sure we try and hit the nail on the head with that is by ensuring we've got diversity in the room when we are doing anything with a brand or with an agency. Very cool, um, guys. Well done. Okay. I mean, that is that is that is. You're saying how the hell did that even happen? But it's just it's just great, isn't it? You're going proper global. 
Can pop a global rod in anyone? Steve, next question, please. I can still I can still see it's flashing at me. So let's get these questions done so I don't get accused of hogging. We have a question from Steve. Uh, Gen Z, a Gen Z brand is Boohoo. How the hell would you manage their campaign right now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hot right there, guys. Okay. Yeah, how would you handle that? <laughs> oh, I think um, I think I think the interesting thing about Boohoo is is that they are one of the they were like the flagship brand yeah. for fast fashion. Everybody's like, oh, fast fashion, fast fashion. And everybody's so nervous around it. And we actually did a webinar today, yeah. and I did one last week, I think was it last week? Yeah. yeah, last week with some of our consultants to a few brands. And a question similar to this came up. And I think the interesting thing with Boo is they have a lot of brand love with Gen Z. So Gen Z really, really love them. Something like this will have a massive impact on that. Um, Gen Z will, 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 will begin to question this process. And I think, the main thing I would do with Boohoo now, and I think what our consultants would say, because when we were speaking to our consultants earlier today, what they were saying was, it's time for Boohoo to be completely transparent. It's not a time for them to blame their suppliers or blame so-and-so somewhere far down the chain. It's time for them to go, hey, you know what? We messed up, we should have done this, but this is what we're doing internally. And that's what we see from our consultants. They're very much, they're very much saying to brands, own up, say I've made a mistake, this is what we've this is what we've done wrong and this is how we are trying to trying to change that internally to make sure it doesn't happen again and i think that's very much what what i would encourage boohoo to do and i think this is when we're speaking to our consultants and if boohoo came to us and we're like hey we want your consultants to work with us on our marketing campaign and our, our pr side of this yeah. we would very much be like okay so to our consultants just be real with them tell them exactly what gen z think of, of Boohoo right now, and how as a as a um, as a consultant community, you can help them improve that image with them being um, with them being honest and transparent. And the TikTok would be a great place to do this. Yeah. TikTok would be a phenomenal place to do this. To go, this is what it's like behind the scenes at Boohoo. Yeah. This is what we're doing right now behind the scenes at Boohoo to try and win back that brand love and show that we're not just a bunch of people that are trying to make fast money from fast fashion. Yeah. And, and even John touched on it earlier, didn't you? You were asking a question around, um, you know, will Gen Z drop you, um, you know, if you make a mistake? And, and that, that's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's own up to it. And if you just have that conversation and you just hold your hands up, then you are more likely to win back that audience. But if you completely disregard it and you don't say anything about it and you don't speak up, then you risk losing that long term. Um, so it's better to suffer in the short term, but actually then build that back up in the long term. What I think is really, really interesting about what you're saying is this word honesty. You know, I started by doing a quick recap of the um, of the generations that have, have been before, and we were, you know, we were going. We started with the baby baby boomers, and I straight away think of that. You know, it's very much about honesty, integrity, really strong, deep rooted words like that. It seems that with Gen Z, it's really going back to yeah. to that real, real honesty. You know, really, yes. that's such an important word. Yeah, honesty, transparency, authenticity, truth, you know, all, all of that will help to build trust. And that's what they want. They want that trust and that loyalty, but you have to prove it first. Yeah, and I think that comes from, as millennials, yeah. social media suddenly appeared. And we were like, have all my data, take everything, know everything about me. And then we're like, oh crap, you're selling my data. Don't, don't, abort, abort, take everything back, take everything back. And I think Gen Z have watched that and they've got their parents yeah. who are millennials, who are Gen X, with the phone in their face all the time. And they're kind of yeah. like, man, 
intense. So you see with a lot of Gen Z, they don't use their actual government, I always say government names, but they don't use their they don't use their official names online. They're very much using pseudonyms and they're, they're very much hiding their identity because they've seen what's happened. So when they're going to brands and say, we want you to be authentic, we want you to be truthful, that's because they've watched brands over the years not be like that. And then they're learning from previous generations. And I definitely think there's almost a throwback to the, the peace and love generation where it was kind of just like, hey, it's all about love. We're one big global community. And that came about because of the, it was easy to travel around countries. So people started to see other human beings and be like, oh, wait, you're from India or you're from Saudi Arabia and we're very similar in, 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 in person. I think what's happening with Gen Z is now because of technology, they're seeing the world so much more as a global community. So for them, it's like, well, yeah, it's, it's very much just looking at it and just being like, why can't, why can't we just make this better and do better? Okay, guys, just a bit of fun, and then I'm going to go to uh, fun for me anyway, and then we'll go back to Steve to finish on a couple of questions. But when I when I did the introduction at the beginning, and I was using a lot of the words that Gen Z Gen Z use, yeah, a lot of people probably just thinking, you know, this this guy, we know we know he's in the know, he knows all this sort of stuff. It, I wasn't actually I was reading it because I just can't get it, I couldn't get it into my head. But let's just let's just let's just go through some of the words just so that people understand what some of the dictionary they might be hearing they might be hearing over the coming, you know, weeks, months, and years. So when I said no caps peeps, this is going to be hard. What did I mean? <laughs> what did I mean? No caps peeps, this is going to be hard. No caps. It's almost like um. Like, yeah, no, like, no, yeah, like, yeah, no, 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 don't worry. Don't like, worry chill out. It's not yeah. that deep. That's that's not. Chill out. Chill out. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. So that's that's something I would say. It's not that it deep. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. I could have said it, it better myself. I described you as two Gucci entrepreneurs. Okay, now some people might have thought, are they from Gucci? Because if, if so, I've misread the invite. Why do I invite two Gucci entrepreneurs? So Gucci's luxury, isn't yeah. it? So it's like Top we're, we're luxury. luxury. Gucci, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we're 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 the echelon of entrepreneurs. That's what okay. you said. Yeah, we're not saying we're not saying ourselves. That's what you said. Uh, lit experience. What does that mean? Lit. It's lit. It's good. It's great. It's yeah, on fire. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Ready for this one? It's salty. It's salty. <laughs> so I was saying this. I was saying this earlier. So a lot of these words are throwback to words that I used when I was 15. It's very much black culture. But um, but salty is almost like um, if someone's salty, they're feeling they're in their feelings, so they're feeling um emotional. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So almost like if someone's salty, say if I offended you, they're offended. That's the best way of saying it. So they're salty. So they're being like they're feeling offended about something. Okay, I'm loving this. Um, okay, let's give it a bit of context. So Jay, um, I'm talking to my friend. I said, look, I think I've said, I said, I've said something to Jay. I, I feel like he's ghosting me. <laughs> Ignoring. Ignoring. <Sorry>. Okay. Ignoring. <laughs> two more. Two more. Shook. Shook. What shook? <laughs> yeah. So shook again is like. So say for example, um, you're scared. So say for example, I saw somebody and I was like, ah. Oh, he was speaking. He was speaking trash about me on social media, but then I saw him in real life, and he was shook. He didn't want. He didn't want. He didn't want to talk to me face to face because he was scared. Got it. Okay. And the final one, which I do get. Yeah. <laughs> now the final one that I do get. Okay, and I can't wait to say this to you guys. Um, you're frozen at the moment. I don't know. That's just my screen. Can you Can you hear me? John. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're, you're back. You're back. You this is the big one. You ready? So after, I'm going to say, guys, I can't wait till we can meet up again. Because I can't wait to spill the tea. It's <laughs> my favourite. So spill the tea is that like gossip? Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, like spill the tea. Like let us know what's going on. Give us a gossip. Good news, your gossip. Yeah. 
Okay, guys, everyone, you've heard it here first. This is how you communicate with Gen Z. Okay. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to let's go back to one more question or two if we have time. Have we got time? Have we got time? Yes, we have two more questions. Steve. I hope we have time because we've got three amazing questions in. So we'll just do our best. Um, the first one is actually from a Gen Z. They've announced themselves. So Gen Z here. This is from Tamara. Uh, she actually works at Cooper Parry. She's um, she does all our social media. She's awesome. Um, she's put lit AF. Okay. Um, we've researched into TikTok before uh, and found that the content um, that's business to business brands, business to business brands were sharing was forced and almost as if they were just jumping on the bandwagon. Do you think that yeah. this is potentially be damaging to brands and will discourage other business, uh, B2B businesses uh, to join the platform? Also, John, can you please do the renegade TikTok dance? I haven't got a clue what it is. Is that, is that anywhere close? I think we should stick to the question, I reckon. Is that what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Tamara, thank you. We've seen you loads on social media, so you're obviously doing a great job. Um, I think it's, I think we were going, we're kind of going back to the point that we were before. It's early enough um, to test things out. Um, and so, yes, there have been some, you know, what should we say, challenging uh, communication uh, for some brands, but I, I think they can adapt. So I think as long as you're willing to keep trying, to keep learning, to keep testing, but the ultimate thing is coming back to asking your audience what they think and, and testing what you're gonna do. So prior to putting something out, why not ask the audience? Why not talk to them about it? What do you think of this? We're gonna post this content, what do you think of it? And, it, and then you know use that feedback to develop the content and obviously that's what we do that's the, the whole premise of our business but if you're if you're testing it um, first then yeah you, then you'll help to improve but I, I think it's early enough still to um, be able to make mistakes and, and correct those yeah I don't, I don't I think yeah I love that I think it's yeah it's very much you need to yeah you just need to just engage them in the conversation get them in as early as humanly possible get start the conversation with Gen Z as early as humanly possible yeah. because if, if it's, I think from a, from a B2B perspective, I think the, the TikTok is, is a great platform to show other business partners um, just the, the rawness and just the, just the, almost make it into a joke. Mm. We know this is bad. We know what we're putting out right now is terrible and it's bad. Um, and we're just doing it because we know it's funny and we, we want to do it for the banter. And I think if that normal side of human beings, because a lot of the time you guys would engage with somebody better if they're if they're normal and they're they're just acting like a normal human being around you. And I think the best way to to do that is on TikTok. Just just be a normal human being yeah. on TikTok, and people will people will um, people will be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you said we had three, so that's one down. Two more to go, guys. We've got two minutes. Oh, we've got Steve. we've got more in. I'm trying to choose the one I I think is is best. I'm, this one's from uh, Damien again, and he said, it feels like morality and honesty fuels the Gen Z population, not mm. self-centered. Do the guys see uh, a, new, uh, brand of, a new brand of moral entrepreneur where profit is no more important than environmental factors? It could be a beautiful world. Where do you guys see the world in 20 years? Wow. Uh, wow. 20 years that's a, that's a long way should we go for 10 i mean 20 is hard 10 i mean what, 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 what's the reason for you guys 
it's a really good question is I guess it's one one for us to really think about and I think I think you're right I think um you know we are building with a lot of different things in mind so you know ethical um ethical aspects and sustainability aspects and I, I know I keep coming back to those but I think that will definitely kind of help to shape how businesses grow but um in terms of 10 years time where do we see us and other businesses I mean I think I think it's I think the good thing for us is we built from a place of yeah. from a place of understanding we wanted to improve the lives of others we wanted to add value to gen z we wanted them to come into our community and leave our community when they go on and do whatever they whatever they do next and we added value to them and i think because that's at the core of our business that will forever be with us i think from a as Gen Z start to start their own businesses, they will become to set pace. So that's another word for you there, John, another phrase. They will begin to set pace. So they will begin to show other businesses, yes, yeah, set pace. So they will begin to show other businesses, this is how it's done. As a ethical business, this is how you do it. And what will happen is other businesses will realize, oh wait, we're losing market share to these diddy little startups who actually are reaching their community and reaching their audience better than we are. And what will happen is businesses will begin to pivot and do the exact same thing. I think that's what's going to happen over the next 10 to 15 years. And I think businesses will start to offer other things. So I know, obviously, you know, people want money and, and, and things like that. But actually, there'll be probably more of a lean towards equity um, mm. in businesses um, mm. or giving shares um, or giving people that sense of involvement in a company's growth so that they can get the best out of their employees. So it's not just about here's your pay packet. Um, you know, it will do some good stuff that, that you like. Actually, how can you get involved to help us to shape our future or help that business to shape, shape our future? That's such a good question and it's really made me think. So thank you, Damien. <laughs> thank you for that, Damien. Gonna have to uh, pull the plug on this. The stuff you have spoken about has been fascinating. Okay, I've absolutely loved what you have basically enabled us to, to really understand about Gen Z, how important they are. Now, your website is imagineinsights.com, I-M-A-G-E-N, imagineinsights.com. If people want to uh, email you, it's J-J-O-I, cat, C-A-T, at imagineinsights.com, is that correct? Yeah, bro. Sounds like people need to. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so awesome talking to you. Guys, I love you. <laughs> love, bro. Thank you so much for having us. Um, Really loved it. And yeah, thank you, John. Thank you, Steve. Thanks so much to Jay and Kat for a really, really enjoyable experience there. I don't think I've ever done a dance before on a podcast, but hey, it's the first time for everything. And yeah, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm a, a lot cooler actually from learning so much about the awesome generation that is Gen Z. So thanks guys. So please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It'd be great to get your thoughts, any feedback at all, because our aim to create brilliant content for the podcast that we create so thanks so much again and look forward to seeing you guys again on our next podcast